Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me this week are French football extraordinaire Lana Darwood and GFFN writers Eric Devin and Philip Bargiel. Sunday night saw a spectacle, oh, well, spectacle rather, that like no other, a fight between two sets of passionate fans that only one wanted to win this one game, and it was punctuated by an explosive final few minutes that we were remembered for some time. Uh, yes, we are talking about the Rhone derby, although it could have maybe used a little bit more Lady Gaga, but much more on that and the action from the weekend that was in Liga after the latest headlines. The action started on Friday evening as Mets registered a shock win over Marseille 1-0 at the Stade Symphorian. Yajen Jufras netted the only goal in a bit with a late free kick. <clears throat> Saturday's highly anticipated clash between Monaco and Nice ended in a 3-0 win for the hosts, who moved three points clear of their South Coast rivals at the top of Ligue 1, while third-placed Paris Saint-Germain laboured to a 3-1 win at Dijon. Elsewhere in the multiplex, uh, Caen recorded their first away win of the season, 1-0 over Gangomp, while Lorient also won away from home, defeating Lille by the same scoreline. Steve Mooney's double led Montpellier to a 2-1 win over Bastia in Jean-Louis Gasset's first match in charge, while Rennes recorded an unsurprising one all draw at Bordeaux. On Sunday, Toulouse hosted Angers in the early afternoon kickoff and delivered a firm end to what had been a run of four matches without scoring in the league, pasting Stéphane Mounier's side 4-0. Nancy won 2-0 at Nantes later that day, while Saint-Étienne defeated Lyon at home by the same scoreline, both matches ending with nasty dust-ups that saw each team have a players sent off. In Ligue 2, Brest won and are now six points clear of second place Reims, with three teams a further two points back as the promotion race continues to be a tight affair this year. And that's all for the news, but remember, for all your latest headlines and news, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with that Rome derby where Saint-Étienne overcame Lyon 2-0 in what was a slightly feisty encounter that was punctuated by two red cards for the visitors in the late into added time. Uh, Lana, welcome to the show. What went wrong with Leon at the weekend? Thanks for having me. Uh, what didn't go wrong, uh, all from the setup, the tactics, uh, the, the starting lineup, the fact that he dropped Valbuena, who's arguably been our best player in the last few months, uh, was a shocker. I mean, the pie wasn't impressive against Marseille at all. The fact that he started was uh, surprising. Uh, you know, the formation, the setup, it, it doesn't, all the players don't do well in it because of that formation. So uh, Fakir's the one that suffers a lot, and he was dragged off at halftime because of it. Um, and then it just doesn't look like their minds were in it, basically which we've seen on a number of occasions this season, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not the first time they've maybe been a little absent-minded in these kind of games. Eric, what did you think to Leon's performance? I mean, they were sort of punctured very early on by Saint-Étienne and they never seemed to grab control of the game after them. Well, I did think they had some decent passages after the first goal, but and we've seen them come back from deficits uh, so in, in the past this season, but... I think the overall approach that I saw from their attack was that they don't seem, the players don't seem that they trust each other. 
Um, it's, not, it's not just because Depay is a new arrival and they're not quite sure how to size him up, but Fakir, Lacazette, Tolisso, and they're taking shots from distance. They're not trying to work the ball on the ground. Um, and when they have been really clicking over the past few years, when they're, they're absolutely at their best, it is it is that, not tiki taka style of play, but it's playing the ball quickly on the ground, short passes, making runs off, off, the, off the last defender. Let's, let this team be really successful. Uh, and that, and that requires a high level of trust from the attackers. And I just didn't see that from pretty much anyone on the night. And you know, once that second goal went in, then their shoulders really sagged. And, and I think that was, that was a done deal from 23, 24 minutes on. It was just really frustrating to see this, this level of performance. <laughs> Philip, let's talk about those two red cards that sort of made it a little bit of a flare-up at the end of the game for both Gezal, who got his second yellow card from it, and Tolisso's uh, flying challenge, which is a little bit of a dangerous one, to say the least. What did you think to the two challenges? Was, that, was, it, was it a little bit of petulance from the young players of, of Lyon? Well, they're not that young anymore. I mean, it's not like they uh, have uh, no no experience, no uh, big uh, big derby experience or anything like that. Um, I, I, for one, don't think it's uh, that big a deal uh, to have uh, sendings off in uh, such uh, such a derby, and it it shows uh, more passion than uh, anything else. Uh, you were well, not not outplayed, but uh, they they basically gifted the first goal to Saint Etienne. Uh, Mamano wasn't very good on the second goal. They were never able to get back into the game in the first half. Fikir um, was uh, was nowhere to be seen, and Dupai got a lot of stick from Nikiva. I mean, really a lot. Probably, probably, maybe a bit too much in my opinion. Even though, yes, he has been playing. Uh, he has, well, not not exactly been playing at Manchester United, but uh, has has experience of. Of of rather of rather big games, and uh, despite being on Gizal, despite being on Valbuena, they uh, couldn't score a goal. Um, and um, yeah, I guess I guess uh, the the players were frustrated because this is a big game. This is a game uh, Lyon hate to lose. <clears throat> so um, I I see this I see this as uh, frustration mostly from uh, from Tuliso from Tuliso and um, and Gizal. I do want to talk about Gazelle's first of all with you, Lana, because it's maybe not the challenge. It's a bit of let's say Lemoine's maybe got got away with a little swing back at Gazelle when he when they have a little bit of a tussle and a tickle in the middle of the pitch. But he does offer his hand to the referee and then offer his hand to Lemoine a bit sarcastically. Is that a little bit again? Is that maybe the wrong attitude from that kind of player? Even though it's a derby, even though it's that sort of occasion is that him showing maybe the wrong attitude that you'd expect from a professional footballer no doubt about it when he received the first yellow he should have been sent off there you know when he went for the referee in any other league that's a red card i mean you're not supposed to touch the referee we saw it with Arsene Wenger he got a four match suspension in the premier league and for Chazal uh, to do that was so stupid and from there in his attitude that Leon were not finishing the game with 11 on the pitch at all. And he just looked so disinterested when coming on. And it's so sad because you look for that bright spark from him. And he just, he seemed more keen on being sent off than to actually do something. And, you know, it's a derby and they hate to lose this one, but it just seems like they 
they looked so disinterested. Uh, and as Eric said, when the second goal went in, it just, you know, they just gave up, which is a shame. Uh, yeah. But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, and it sort of descended from there, didn't it? Tuliso loses his head a bit. I want I want to quickly mention that both the more senior players in Gonalon and Lacazette did luckily step in at the right moments to cool them down a little bit at least. But we've already mentioned a couple of times, Eric, and that's Memphis Depay, who did get a, a pretty harsh two in, in Lekeep, even though he didn't perform at his best. What do you think to his first couple of outings to Leon? Is he maybe, they may be shoehorning him in a little bit and that's had an effect on their play or is it a little bit more than just that? I think it's a number of things. I don't. I think that he, as a player, can do well for Leon. I think there is potential there. Uh, but at that price, given Leon's more pressing needs, I, I don't think it was the right move. I think that uh, the team needs a left back. The team probably needs a right back. Probably needs another center back. Needs a backup for Lacazette. To spend that kind of left winger, it's nice to have, but I mean... As Lana rightly said, Valbuena has been playing really, really well, I think, uh, in, in that position probably since early December, late November. Um, it wasn't necessarily a pressing need. I understand that Leon need to get into the Champions League. They want to make a big splash. They're afraid that uh, the season might be slipping away from them, you know, given how, how well Nisa performed. And I understand there's pressure there on the part of Olas, but the fact of the matter is they didn't address needs in, in – in, with a significant outlay of money. Uh, you, know, you know, you look at some of the moves that have been made for players. I mean, we had uh, Rich Allen on the previous show the other day talking about how he thought the players from, that were sold from Ren, particularly NTAP and Grisicki, were being undervalued. And you know, I have to say I, I agree on the balance of play. If you're going to bring in players to bolster a squad, they should be proven in January. They should be proven players in that division for me. You know, why? if you want to bring in someone who can play as a left winger, maybe as occasionally as a striker, why not pay a quarter of the price and bring in Intep? He's someone who's got something to prove. He's still young. He's 24. He's got a dozen caps or so for France. Uh, that would make much more sense than bringing in uh, a player like Depay. And let's face it, the time they brought him in, Leon were also playing a 4-4-2, which Depay does not necessarily fit into, fit very neatly into. And they've since moved to a 4-3-3. Uh, but, but playing Fakir on the right and dropping Valbuena, I think that Genesio's got his, got his personnel wrong. So there's, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here, but I, I think basically that Depay could still come good. I don't think that bringing him in in January uh, for that price was the correct move in any sense of the word by the club. No, it, it much more seemed like a, like you say, a, a statement of intent from the war, at least an attempt at one. But I want to talk about Genesio now, Philip. Really, is he in danger now? I mean, they've not been very good in the last couple of weeks. They've been in and out. They've obviously fell out of the Champions League. They're probably out of the running for the Champions League places in, in Liga now as well. Is he, is Jean-Michel Aulas maybe thinking of changing manager? He's definitely thinking about it. The question has been mentioned, of course, by every single uh, big uh, big media um, in uh, in French sports, and the overall reaction has been that Olas uh, uh, must must be thinking of replacing him, of course, because uh, the results are not there. Because um, at the start of the second half of last season, Lyon were actually winning games. And uh, things were getting better. They were getting towards the top three. Whereas uh, yesterday was um, was really 
some kind of last chance saloon because Nice did lose their game at Monaco. We'll be talking about this uh, a, a little while la later, but I don't I don't think Nice will be winning every single game in the second half of the season. But then again, I don't think they'll be losing uh, every single game until until May. So this was a great occasion for Lyon to close the gap from 12 points to nine points with a game in hand, and they didn't they didn't do that. Not only didn't they do that, they they were they were poor offensively. They gifted gifted the goals, and uh, Genesia has uh, has a lot to 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 answer for. Of course, in hindsight, it's easy to say, why did you buy the pie uh, when you have uh, Van Bruyne, Carnet, and and all that? Why didn't you buy uh, a proper a proper centre back? The thing is, I do believe that you aren't defending as well. Uh, as they win the first half of of the season, there's um, oh, I forgot his name, Mukhtar. Diakabi. It's Diakabi. Yep. Um, thank you. Uh, who uh, has actually stepped in and not been not been too bad, considering considering his uh, his age, his his very very young age. And uh, what happened uh, last night was uh, very very poor performances from uh, Mamanda and uh, and Mapu Yangembiwa. Um, I I just don't uh, see this as um, let's say uh, a wise move to to be sacking Genesio at this moment at this moment in time. I mean, it's not like uh, there's a transfer window right down the corner. Uh, the transfer window has closed. Um, the new guy, if uh, the one who replaces Genesio, if Genesio is sacked, will have to work. Will have to work with what he is, uh, what he is given, and um, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Uh, the person, whoever, whoever that may be, will be able to uh, deliver third spot, which is uh, which is the aim for Lyon and. You know, it's uh, it's one question that needs to be asked, and I'm sure you you were going to ask it anyway, Nathan. Is uh, can they still make it? Well, yeah, thank well, you for it's, perfect it's, it's, Well, do you want me to answer that or do you, do yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do you think? Do you no, think they can no, make it? no, uh, absolutely not. I think uh, that for for once we have three sides that are winning most uh, winning games most uh, most weekends. And uh, that you are conceding too many goals, as they almost not taking this uh, this race for third place seriously. It's like almost like they they think, okay, we'll, we'll do the same as last season. We'll just uh, we'll just uh, play catch up until uh, until May. But it's just not happening. I mean, you don't you, you're not supposed to be losing games at Caen. You're not supposed to be losing games at home to Lille, and and you're not. I mean, they have lost to Geoffroy Guichard before, but maybe not in this manner. Not as bad uh, to to me, in my opinion. No, and to think they've still got the top three at some point this season, yeah, it's tough sledding still ahead. But, uh, Lana, what do you think? They're 12 points off Nisa, who are in third. They're only, well, now they've allowed Saint-Etienne back into the race for fourth as well because they're only just a point behind their rivals. Can Leon fight for that Champions League place or do you think it's completely beyond them now? You know, I am a romantic, so I still believe this will choke. That's yeah. my money is on them to choke. I think because of experience that they have a lot effort and try to to be in the race, and I think experience will beat them. And Leon do, you know, playing catch up until the end. They shouldn't be because their squad is good enough to be in third. Uh, in top three, 
but it's the mistakes. It's like they're doing this on purpose. It's it's so frustrating to watch mm. a fan and who's someone who hates on them, and just the way they crumbled last. You know, with Tolisso, Chazal, and it me to watch just these talented players uh, not showing up in such a huge and important game. And yes, they have a match in hand, but who knows, they might just go on to lose to Mets because it's Leon, and then they could go on to beat PSG because they're so bad. They beat Monaco, then went on to lose to Lorient, which they shouldn't. They should build on the monument, but it's stressful. It's probably the best it way is. to put it. Yeah, and and, and like you say, uh, it'd be one heck of a choke if if Nice lose twelve points in that. In it'd be a, they it'd be they a, wouldn't be the first team to choke. No, nope, so. true. <laughs> it wouldn't be completely out of the question. Let's let's talk about Eric the the news that came out as well just before the game, which was Lacazette's comments about leaving the club probably in the summer with Canal Plus. I'll just quote it very quickly that he said, I think that in this summer will be the moment when I must have a change of air and discover something else. I want to continue working and I'll hope that there will be some good opportunities on the way this summer. Um, is this the right time for him to leave the club? Yeah, no, he's 26 in May. Uh, if he's not playing Champions League football next year, who can blame him? I, I think that he's... You know, he's sometimes had a bit of a sulky attitude, but I think on the whole, his goal record speaks for itself. And his not only his goal his goal record, but his work work rate. He's a good uh, he's good at pressing from the front. He's good at defending from the front. He's you know maybe a little bit lacking in, in physicality, but he's you know as, as close to a uh, a major as close to a perfect striker as you could ask for. Out that's playing outside the Champions League right now. Uh, I think he's, and I, I think that he's the type of player who, given his versatility, would be interesting to Barcelona. Uh, if Aubameyang goes in the summer, would he interest Borussia Dortmund? Dortmund are another team that are in danger of not making the Champions League. Uh, there's there's a lot of attractive destinations for him. The Premier League always has money. You know, maybe you've got six teams vying for that vying for that spot, vying for those four spots in England. Whichever one of them doesn't make it, maybe he goes to England. I think it just makes too much sense for him not to go. And I'd frankly be worried about if, if Leon don't make the Champions League, frankly be worried about uh, Tolisso and Fekir beyond that as well. Uh, Lana, what do you think? Do you think his, his time is wrong? I know you're, you're hoping he joined your beloved Valent- uh, Juventus as well, but it, do you think it's, his time is run at Leon? I think it's time for him to move on. Um, we saw that with Dumtiti last season. You know, his work was basically done. He needed new challenges uh, to go on to bigger things. And it's time for Laka that he stayed on. He brought him to, you know, got him into the Champions League um, with Fakir, then without Fakir. And it's time for him to move on, you know, develop even further. And I think if he wants to play for the national team, he needs to leave. The uh, Champs isn't a fan of Leon players at all. Uh, so if he wants a chance to play consistently for France, he needs to leave. And whether it's for England or Germany or Italy or Spain, it just depends. I mean, there's a lot of big clubs that are this summer. And I think he'd do really well in Germany uh, if Aubameyang does leave. Because uh, I thought... My money is on him joining them, uh, and he would do so well. They have a, such an exciting front 
attack as well, and he would thrive in Germany. Uh, and Tolisso will leave as well. I think Fekir will stay, but I think the two big names to leave Leon this summer will be Lacazette and Tolisso. Yeah, and he probably fills a really important leadership void as well at, at Dortmund. He... The, the timing is quite bad, though, isn't it? I mean, to, to say that in the first day of February is... Um... I don't know. It's uh, it doesn't send the right uh, send the right message. You are pretty much in crisis. It's uh, uh, I, I don't know. It's just uh, a bit uh, unfortunate the timing. I would say. Uh, Philip, I wanted to get a quick word on on Centetien from you. They've been Im- improving in the last couple of weeks, and like we mentioned, that win puts them one point off fourth place. They they've slowly and steadily and sneakily, as they always seem to do, very quietly and very. Um, professionally, shall we say, is the best way to describe their style of football. Got into this, that high position in the league again this season. Well, yeah, I mean, um, we uh, we're going to have to talk about this uh, at some point during the during the show. Is that uh, you were playing against a, a side that were quite solid at the back and uh, actually uh, did something, um, had a good game in uh, in the derby, uh, took the goals uh, quite well. I think it was uh, the first time they scored a first half goal or something like that. Um, maybe maybe only in Liga, but uh, uh, I had this, uh, this kind of statistic. Um, a very well-taken goal uh, uh, as well. And um, as usual, I mean, uh, you've, you've got players like Kopirati, I think Catherine Pogba, who are um, extremely extremely solid at the right, know how to how to defend the lead. But the only the only thing that uh, could have been worse for you is uh, having uh, with you on the. Um, Russian goal, but uh, Muna had uh, had a rather uh, good game, and the only yeah, yeah, the only chance I would say your show scored from is a Tuliso free header where Muna was not really out of his goal, but yeah, uh, not really in it uh, either. Uh, but anyway, this uh, this begs the question on on uh, not only will um, is that is that is that a case of uh, just me being a bit too pessimistic, but uh, will you even finish? Uh, even finish fourth because Saint Etienne are, are in a good position and both sides are the, in the Europa League, so they're having the um, they're having the same competition. Granted, Saint Etienne have a have a tougher opposition than uh, than you, I would think Manchester United and and Agmar. But you know, it's not just it's not just these two. Then you have the uh, the rest of the league, especially Marseille, Marseille and Bordeaux, who are looking breathing down um, yours um, yours neck. So there could be a, quite an interesting fight for force in that uh, in that manner. I mean, I mean, do, do we really do do we expect do we expect uh, Lyon now to trounce Nancy somehow, or what do we expect? Eric? Finish in top three. Okay. Uh, for Wednesday, I, I think. Nancy yeah, for Wednesday. I mean, this this is this is massive. I mean, it, it is quite big. They are expected to. To get uh, to to get the three points, Nancy just won at Nantes, which is not that easy these days. Um, I don't know. I just don't see a banker home win. Well, I mean, you're also going to be playing without Gazal and Toliso. That makes a yeah. big difference. I mean, two start has looked, I think, really good going this year. But you know, he doesn't offer the same drive going forward from midfield that Toliso does. I think that that's a, a huge miss. Uh, Nancy has struggled with injuries. They've had kind of a makeshift back four in recent weeks, but uh, you know. Korea gets the, gets his team up up for it really well, and I, I don't no. I think you're absolutely right. It's not a banker home win whatsoever. And no. then there's a trip to Guingamp, which uh, well, they're not 
probably not as good as in the first half of the season. It's not, you know, not easy, not easy. Yeah. And just news coming in that, according to Lequeep, Leon are going to hold out for seventy million euros for Alexandre Lacazette in the mm-hmm. in the summer, which definitely sounds like Jean Michel Aulas to me. Um, that doesn't surprise me in one little bit. Uh, we'll move on now to Monaco, who beat their rivals Nice at the Stade Louis Deux with a convincing 3-0 scoreline. They also notched up 100 goals for the season, which is utterly insane. Um, how, um, how, Eric, how strong of a position is the Principality Club now at the top of the league, having picked up four points from a possible six in the last two weeks against their nearest rivals? No, I, I think they're they're doing fantastically well. Uh, you know, we've seen Benjamin Mendy be fantastic when it counts this season. Now, he's a player, except, except in the, the last Leon, I would say. Uh, he's a player about whom I had some doubts. I think that I thought that he was a little bit overpriced coming in. I think that he's a, a wonderful player going forward, great crosser of the ball, uh, but sometimes a little rash in the challenge and not and not that great positioning in defense. But I think that. He's shown against Spurs and, and against Nice the quality, the difference that he makes. An upgrade on that left back position. I mean, was that last year? Elderson and uh, Fabio Contral. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't a position of quality. Monaco did well this summer to address needs. They placed faith in the likes of Germain, who had offers to leave in the summer, and the same with Falcao. And they're reaping the rewards of that. I, I think they have a, a coherent. Uh, way forward, and they had faith in Bakayoko too. I mean, he he's a player that, let's face it, hadn't had much playing time before this season due to injuries in the form of uh, Kadogbia and Tulolo. So there's there's a lot to be said for uh, the way this team have just gotten things right, and you know, knock on wood, are are set going forward. You know, barring injuries, fixture congestion continue to be a problem. They're still involved in the cup. They're still involved in the Coupe de la League. Uh, I would assume they're going to. I, I would favor them against Manchester City at this point. So they're probably looking at at least another four Champions League matches. Uh, whether they continue to balance this is going to be the real question. But again, Jardim's not been afraid to rotate players. Uh, it's just a matter of, of how the team looks, you know, in defense is my main worry. I think Kamil Glick is the, is the real key to all of this. How do they cope without him if he were to be injured? But, on the whole, yeah, I mean, I don't think you could you can praise Monaco. Uh, there are enough words to praise Monaco right now. They've things are just going exactly the way that they planned, and, and that's a testament to the faith that they have in, in their players and, and in Jardim as a manager. And, and you've briefly mentioned him there, but the the Colombian striker Falcao Lana has really returned to form this season. He scored a goal in just under every eighty five minutes per, per start he's made. That's fourteen goals in thirteen starts. He's been a real catalyst, and, and and finally, someone have a real focal point at, at Monaco at the front of the attack that's propelling them forward a little bit extra this season. Yeah, he's been very impressive. It's good to see him back in form, uh, especially since you know he was so poor at United. So it's good to see him scoring. And what I love about Monaco is they're not solely reliant on him. The goals are spread all over the team, uh, and they're joy to watch. And the season, especially him being informed and helping out in defense, midfield, whatever it's needed, they're working together and they're a team that most teams in League One should aspire to be like. Uh, even in the Champions League, they've been the most entertaining team, in my opinion, this season. And City will really struggle against them, especially if they continue to be defensively strong, which is the backbone of that team which could lead them to win the title as well. 
Yeah, he's been really terrific, and they've got. A, it's so good to watch it. And and Philip, with that gap they have now, it's not not the biggest of gaps yet. It's only mm-hmm. a couple of points still. But they've they've played both their two main rivals twice now. Their their fixture list coming up isn't. Let's say it's not the toughest one, especially how they were knocking teams out, especially the the lowest ranked teams that they've got quite a few of in a row. They have just just to list them off quickly: is Montpellier, Metz, Bastia, Gangomp, Nantes, Bordeaux. Caen before they play the cup final and then Saint-Étienne's probably the next difficult game maybe early April they could really have mm. this sewn up couldn't they if, they if other teams continue to be indifferent I think both sides will be uh, head-to-head until May whatever happens uh, in the Champions League and whatever happens in in March and in March and April I think PSG have uh, shown once again that they, they are capable of winning without deserving it uh, once again at Dijon and uh, sometimes being completely uh, cocky and, and awfully arrogant about playing football um, against uh, sides that are not in the top three. Um, but uh, Monaco are, are uh, free-flowing, they are playing their football, and when they are playing their football, they are winning. Uh, the, f- the first half of the game against Nice was a bit disappointing. I thought I was quite disappointed to see uh, Lucien Favre playing almost a, a 5-4-1, which was probably the most negative formation you could, could possibly play. Um, and it was a bit, um, it, it was a bit like uh, Jardim playing um, uh, a rather not negative force we see, but very high pressure force we see at the at the Parc des Princes, um, where basically each side that were travelling to to another member of the top three, they had more of a defensive uh, mindset than uh, than their usual game. I mean. No, no point was out. It's fair enough, fair enough to Jardim for the game at the Parc des Princes. Fair enough to Fab for the game on Saturday. Uh, but it, it is a shame that Nice didn't take the game more to more to Monaco because I don't think the scoreline reflects. Well, the, the scoreline does reflect Monaco's superiority towards Nice. But I, think, I do believe Nice uh, deserved to score at least a goal. Uh, Subasic pulled up some really amazing, uh, really amazing, amazing saves. Um, I I do believe be, it'll be uh, going back to the original question. I do believe it it will be a close title race, um, uh, and I do fear sometimes, well not 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 exactly fear, uh, that uh, maybe Monaco progressing in the Champions League. We all hope they do. Um, could um, uh, could be some kind of a drawback in in their quest of winning the title, because they can do both. That could be great. Yeah, if they can do every single cup competition, it'd be a pretty outstanding thing. And, and yeah. Eric, I want to talk about Nice a little bit now. And they, while they were probably second best in this one, they did have a fair few chances through the likes of Player and, and Esrik. Maybe, is this a, a, a story of them not finishing off chances when they had them to, to keep this tie much closer? Or, or, or were they really overawed in this one? No, I don't think they were overawed at all. I think that, as you rightly say, they did look much brighter, especially after the introduction of Belhanda. I think he, I think he and Sari have been really missed in this little bit of a dip in form that Nice have had over over January and into February. And I think once you've got those players back, once you've got them clicking, Ricardo Pereira is important as well. I do think that Nice will continue to be where they are. They don't have the distraction of either Cup or Europe. Uh, they're going to be able to focus on the league and. Well, you know, Monaco have been lucky with injuries. PSG haven't. We're, we're seeing Di Maria, Baratti, Thomas Mounier, Kevin Trapp. Um, they're not. They don't have the same issues and the same content, concerns, potential, and real 
that the other two contenders have. And that, that could play into their favor. I, I, I think that Monaco are still the favorites, but I, I wouldn't shut Nice out, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't discount them being, you know, continuing to be a dangerous opponent uh, in, in the title race. And I think PSG are going to have, uh, PSG and Monaco are going to have a three-way battle on their hands uh, with, no, with no doubt. Uh, Lana, finally on sort of Nice, it, I know you mentioned that they probably you feel they might choke. Do you think their title challenge is over? They're only three points off the top, but let's say it's let's say it's four because that goal difference is absolutely astronomical from Monaco. But a uh, Nice out of it now with those two bigger heavyweight clubs above them. So far, they're not. Uh, if they do continue to perform as they have, who knows? They might have a shot at it, but. You know, I think the top two will be PSG and uh, Monaco. Uh, so, sadly, for Nice, I do enjoy watching them. But... And uh, <laughs> do finish fourth solely because I have so much faith in Lyon actually making it to third. But if they don't, I hope that Nice does because uh, it's been a joy to watch them this season. My only concern is if they'll take the Champions League seriously because they didn't take the Europa League seriously at all this season. So that's my main issue with them if they do finish in top three. Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting question come the summer. What what resources they've got and what they can bring in to enhance that squad to maybe at least give a competitive side to that Champions League. But we'll, we'll move on to the January transfer window now that slammed shut earlier this week. And we mentioned it briefly on our Thursday podcast as well. There was a number of exciting deals that passed through Liga. Excuse me. <clears throat> Dimitri Payet, Julian Draxler, Memphis Depay all joined League One. So, uh, simply put, Philip, is this Liga 1's best ever window? <laughs> We're going to have to say uh, to say something about Pay returning to, uh, to to Marseille in some of the comments um, said of um, uh, so-called British British fo- um, football English sorry English football uh, pundits uh, saying that uh, they took Pay from a, from a negative league from a shit league. Well, guess what? Pay is going back to the shit league to play for um, a club he likes um, he likes playing for. Um, I think this is the start of uh, French clubs uh, having uh, a bit of money, uh, more than uh, more than we uh, we usually do. So uh, not only do you have Piaget in Monaco, but now Lille are starting to uh, to buy some decent players. El Ghazi is a is a is a quite wonderful player from Ajax Amsterdam, um, and a couple of a couple of other players are not. Not necessarily coming from from abroad, but uh, when you have a um, clubs like Lille, who can buy uh, players and and Marseille, that's four clubs, which is almost almost a quarter of the, the quarter of the league, and that's that's quite big. That's quite big. So I don't think this has been the greatest uh, transfer transfer window. I think uh, in the summer it can be uh, extremely interesting in um, in what's uh, in what's in store. For for instance, I'm not. I'm not even quite sure. Like as it will be leaving uh, the league, it's. I mean, it, it is possible that he'll be staying. Mm. <laughs> it's a tempting one. To just to two, to just two, two. I mean, there's only two contenders, maybe three. Uh, I mean, it would be it would be really really uh, harsh to see him uh, go go to go to Marseille. Uh, but uh, you know, it's as uh, he, he didn't say he wanted to go abroad, or did he? I he's the only thing he's mentioned was Barcelona, which uh, 
I'm surprised yeah, well, most players tend to mention. I, I'd like to play for Barcelona too, but yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> that is, it can't be everyone's wish. But I, I want to make a point that while they're, they're they're better signings than we've probably seen in winter windows, at least Dimitri Payet coming from the Premier League, that was a, a big coup. Julian Draxler, who's been watched by a number of different clubs across Europe in the past, yes, he's maybe not had the best of time at Wolfsburg, but Paris Saint Germain have stolen him under the noses of a number of other clubs and Depay who was mentioned as someone who could be a very good future star is Man United bought him from PSV and it, now Leon have, have brought him in. Um, Lana, is this league arm really having a, an impact and finally making some moves that could eventually at least collectively improve the league as a whole? I think so. I think we've seen more clubs, you know, having cash injections and, being able to attract players from abroad. Uh, we've seen so many stay as well. Uh, so I think that with Depay joining Lyon, as Eric mentioned earlier, that it was more of a panic signing. They went out and signed uh, Payet. The Lyon had to answer back. And in that case, they signed Depay when they could have spent the money on bringing in to even signing Longley, who went to Sevilla. I think, yeah. So, uh, But I think it's been an interesting transfer window so far uh, with some big names coming through, I think, also in the summer. Uh, depending on how the top three finishes, I think those three will be able to attract even bigger names. Uh, maybe in the likes of Griezmann coming to PSG, who knows. Uh, so it will. I think it all depends on how the top three finishes this summer. Uh, and we'll also then see their ability. Please be still, my Manchester United heart. Griezmann, don't don't listen to Lana. <laughs> please, <laughs> please. Um, if, Eric, the, we've mentioned already that there, there seems to be a bit more money about now, and we, there were some interesting deals in the summer as well with the likes of Balotelli and Dante going to Nice as well. Um, is this maybe something positive to think about for the future for French football fans that they might, eventually be not only being able to attract those better players to improve the quality of the league, but keeping some of these young players that we, that we rave so often about. Yeah. I think the second part of your question really hits the nail on the head. I, I think that we, if we look at some of the players that have left in the recent past, I mean, not all of them maybe are worth their fees, but Mario Lamina, Clinton Nagy, George Kevin and Kudu, Divac Origi, Origi. I mean, they're not all, they're not all French. Origi's Belgian, but keeping these types of players and allowing them to develop can be a template for success. And we've seen Leon do that to some degree. And I, I think that teams don't necessarily need to – teams need to strike a balance, right? It can't just be spending money on players because, let's, let's face it, I mean, the money that's around in, in the Premier League and the Chinese League and even, even Germany and, and Italy and Spain to some extent – uh, Liga can't compete with that at this point in time. I mean, they're they're loath to reschedule matches because they can't afford they can't afford to rehire the stewards. Let's face it. I mean, this this league is wonderful for developing talent, but isn't on a level financial playing field with the rest of the top four league or top five leagues in Europe. So it, there there are going to continue to be these you know the odd quote unquote marquee signing. Of course, you know Monaco. PSG, Lyon, Nice, Marseille, Lille have have this money, uh, but for the rest of the league, I think it remains to be seen whether there'll be any sort of trickle down effect. And the rest of the league should continue to 
do do what they've been doing. We've seen a lot of this this year. I think there is a movement towards this is is to keep these young players, sign them to longer term contracts, which will either allow them to continue to develop in a positive way for those teams, or to get a higher transfer fee for them. We've seen that uh, with Not, I mean Harit. We've seen that with uh, Gangomp, with Ludwig Blah, uh, Tobias Badila, uh, the Nasi player just resigned a just signed an extended deal. He's a player I really like as well. Um, so that sort of thing, I think, is is really what what needs to be a focus for teams, not just not an all or nothing approach, but striking a balance between having more money, but also a focus on getting on developing these, these younger talents that are within the league. I mean, Jordan Amavi, I think is another one that kind of got away. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of examples of players like this that, that could have been had for a reasonable fee and could have been, you know, approaching world-class uh, in, in Ligue 1 rather than, you know, riding the bench somewhere else. It's always an interesting point that, that that finally money might be able to keep some of these players in the league. But let's talk about some of the deals from that winter window, though. And I wanted to quickly get all of your thoughts on what your favourite or, or who you thought the best deals were and also what you thought the worst deals of this window were. Philip, I'll start with you. What was your favourite and then what was your, um, let's say, disliked deal? I didn't particularly like Rennes selling Enteppen Groziski. Um, well, granted, they didn't make uh, 17.5 million euros from those sales, but um, yeah, it's a bit uh, it's a bit same to the to to to, to the um, to the fans. Hey, we've got good players. We're selling them. That's uh, I don't know. It, it would be uh, it would be a bit. Uh, uh, I would be a bit uh, a bit pissed off if uh, if I was uh, a Ren fan. Um. I really don't want to be uh, to be biased on this one. Um, be biased because I, because <laughs> I want, because because I, uh, actually Evra is not is not bad uh, is not bad uh, not that bad a deal. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I reckon I reckon Draxler is a is a good uh, is a good deal. He's been playing some decent decent football. Um, but um, yeah, on the other hand, you have Evra and Payet and Sanson as well, who were on paper Sertic as well is not so is not a bad move, and um, that have been good for for Marseille. There, been I'm, I'm going to go for Draxler, just yeah. for you know argument's sake. That's okay, uh, Eric. What was your favourite deal, and what was your least favourite deal? I think Andy Delore has the potential to be huge for Toulouse. I think that uh, he's a proven performer in this league, and we've seen immediately how uh, playing playing that front three of uh, of Jean and Braithwaite on the wing around Oscar Trejo makes the whole team better. Uh, Toulouse were flying at the beginning of the season; they they dropped off quite quite steeply. But I think, given the inconsistency we've seen, aside from that top three, that you know, a challenge for European football is not totally out of the question, especially given that a lot of teams above them are still active in the Cups. Uh, so I, I think that that's, that could be a really impressive move. Worst move, uh, I think Gonzalo Cuérez uh, from Benfica. I, I think given the fee paid for him uh, and what he's achieved, uh, I, think, I think that's much that's way, too, that's way over the odds, and it's, it's also not addressing position of need for PSG. So I, I don't I don't see what the what the point was there, and I think that it's just a, a strange transfer to me. You, you've you've been watching him, Guedes? Yeah, 
I didn't watch the match this weekend, but he he didn't seem to do anything in the two matches he came. No, no, out. I mean that Benfica. No, but I mean he's. We had a uh, uh, Tiago on the preview show a couple weeks yeah. ago, and he was he was very down on it. He says that Guedes isn't a bad player, but he plays as a second mm. striker. That that yeah. that's not a role that makes sense in a four three three. So unless Emery is planning long term to to make a tactical switch to bring yeah. this player in when you need another central striker, I mean, basically, what's the point? Mm. Because well, I actually I myself uh, asked a Portuguese acquaintance of mine uh, what he thought, um, way sort of uh, Guedes. Uh, well, he he doesn't really watch uh, the Liga Sagres as much as he used to. He lives in he lives in England now, um, and. Uh, well, first of all, it, it wasn't quite clear what this guy's position was, and uh, that yeah, he, he basically said the same thing. He said uh, he's okay, but uh, thirty million, no, it's a bit, it's a bit steep. Mm. But I did, I did, I did like his uh, his uh, uh, his appearance against Monaco. I thought he was uh, he was okay, but you know, we shall might see. Be a, might be a slow burner that one, shall we say? Yeah, well, uh, we'll talk about him uh, very they soon. They can afford sure. it. Yeah, so they kind of. Yes, <laughs> that, that's the very good point, uh, Lana. What was your favorite deal of the window, and what do you think was your least favorite? Uh, I like that Drexler came to PSG. Um, I think I like him as the player. Um, he's been linked to other clubs a lot uh, in the past, so for PSG to sign him, it was a good move uh, for them. The deal I least enjoyed was seeing Morgan Sansun being sold to Marseille, uh, just because I really wanted him at Lyon. I think that they had a good window, Marseille, signing Payet, but you know that they just made a statement. They still need to strengthen the defense. Uh, and as my views on the pie is still mixed, I mean, maybe it's you know it's a long term replacement for Lacazette who looks like he's leaving in the summer or uh, someone to bring in to help him offload but they still needed to strengthen in other areas before signing him so but my favorite signing was Draxler without a doubt I'm going to throw Sheikh Diabate into that hat as well with Matt I think he was excellent at the weekend again as well and he scored two goals in his debut is Really might add something to that. A team who desperately need extra players down in that real dog fight <coughs> of the league. But we'll, we'll just want to finish this week with um, a team that Eric mentioned perfectly, and that's Toulouse, who after going 400 minutes without a goal, they burst into life against Angers with a 4-0 win, all coming in the second half as well. Um, Eric, I'll, I'll start with you since you spoke so well about them. Is this the start of a reinvigoration at Le Terre, or is it with these new faces playing in this formation? Or... or is it maybe a false dawn to to crown them just yet? No, I don't think it's a false dawn at all. I, and this is why. I think that we have that front four in particular, uh, they, they all have perhaps something to prove. And I think that because of that, they're going to be playing with a little bit less selfishness. I, Jimmy Dermaz and Isiaga Silla are decent enough players. They're certainly of a league on standard, but I don't think that they necessarily have uh, – that lack of selfishness and that lack of ability to work as an attacker that we've, and the same with Olatoivinen, that we've seen from Martin Braithwaite in the past. We've seen from Andy Delore. Andy Delore last season with Khan, I mean, they're, I mean, again, they were still a struggling team, but much of their effectiveness came from 
uh, Dolores' ability to run and to and to get about and and to to press and to be a, to be a nuisance up top. Martin Braithwaite's got a similar work rate. He's he's adaptable as well. Uh, and Quentin Jean, I think, is going to going to want to prove himself, uh, given that he might have a chance to be a more important player at Monaco next season if if Lamar and or and or Silva do leave in the in, in the summer. God forbid. I, I hope they do stay, but. I think that there's a there's a very high level of motivation to approach their their attacking style uh, from a, a more t an ethos that's more grounded in teamwork than we've seen. And again, Jimmy Dermas is a, is a blind player with the ball at his feet, but he's a little bit selfish at times. You see, Agasilla is a hard worker. I don't know that he's necessarily that talented creatively, but now you've got that front four. You've got the young the young the young central midfielders Bland and Bodige. You've got Julien and Jop, who've been solid all season in defense. Uh, Steve Iago's coming back from AFCON. I think you've got a real – and Alvin Lafont, of course, as well. You've got a really solid team, top to bottom. And, again, Toulouse, no cup distractions. Um, they, they've got every opportunity to hit it. And, and, you know, before the international break, I think we've got seven matches left, um, something in that neighborhood. There's, it would not surprise me to see Toulouse back up to the fourth and fifth place that – that they've been, uh, that they've been in for much of, much of the early part of the season. It is seven games. Yes, yes. The, the, and and just going quickly through them, there's there's Lorient, Bastia, there's PSG, Nancy, Lille, Lyon, and then there's Rennes just before that international break. So there's there's maybe a couple of difficult oh, you... ones in there, but there's a couple of, there's a couple of winnable ones in there, and. Ah, I watched the highlights of this game a bit. It was about the 10-minute sort of highlight section. And some of the football that Jean and Delore and, and Braithwaite played together with Trejo as well, absolutely fabulous little link plays between them. I thought Jean was excellent, uh, created the assist for the first one, won the penalty as well. Uh, Delore was a, a threat consistently. Braithwaite added to that. They're, they're like a hound of dogs almost running around the pitch. It was really, really great to see. And he, even Ola Toivonen got involved at one point as well, which, you know, seemed like a strange thing that he gets into the score sheet. But, uh, Lana, do you agree with that? King of Eric, with other teams distracted and bits like that from cup competitions still involved and a real mix of teams that are indifferent in that middle of the table that they maybe could make a run for those European spots? Yeah, with that, um, I think they'll, uh, you know, with only having one which is the league they'll do better uh, no risk of injuries uh, the squad staying fresh being able to rotate uh, and you know I quite enjoy watching Toulouse solely because players uh, in their team uh, so you know I'm rooting for them to do well um, and I hope that uh, Ola Toivonen continues to score <laughs> <laughs> For his, form, his form is vital for Sweden. <laughs> yeah, especially now. Yeah, it, it, with the Zlatan gone, it's it's a little bit more crucial that he keeps scoring goals. That's your club's fault, not mine. <laughs> I'll take that. Yes, um, Philip. What what do you think? Like Eric mentioned, there, there's maybe some issues in the in the centre of midfield a little bit, but they have a solid centre back pairing, a young goalkeeper, some really exciting um, attacking players. Could they be rising up the league? Well, when they were, uh, at, um, uh, you don't say out the rise, but when they were close to the top uh, of the league, um, most of the thought was about uh, how uh, Duprat 
did a great job. Uh, he avoided them to drop. Uh, he put Lefoy in the uh, in the goal mouse. He uh, he gave Job his chance, which is a very good move. And uh, this summer they got to Christopher Julien. Um, and uh, but the the thing is, uh, uh, attacking wise, they uh, well they were good. I mean uh, that's uh, not uh, really a problem. But uh, it was uh, it just uh, looked like it was um, you know running out of running out of steam with Corentin and with Andy Delors. They do have um, a couple, uh, a decent attack on paper and uh, and we've seen uh, on the pitch. Um, saying this, I I do believe that. Um, Let's not get carried away. It was only it was only Angers who have not been as as solid as uh, as last season, and that uh, Toulouse will have um, uh, quite a tough a tough run of fixtures. I'm not I'm not even actually sure they as they, they could go on and win at uh, at Lorient in um, in two days. The game is on is on Wednesday. A game against Bastes and it's PSG. Um, I, I honestly reckon that as a club and Dupont just want to say, okay, we 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 are not to be concerned with the relegation fight, which it, which they seriously were uh, before kickoff yesterday, because uh, they were only five points clear of the um, of the drop, and had uh, had Angers won, it would have been would have been four even even less, I think, uh, maybe yeah, maybe maybe two, uh, which just goes to show how how crazy this uh, second half of the table of the table is. So. Yeah, Europe is a bit uh, um, it's a bit it's a bit too optimistic for for me, and uh, but the club will be very very happy to finish between anywhere between eighth and fourteenth, I would say. Yeah, it would make a remarkable difference from last season where they left it very very yeah. late to stay in the league full stop. Um, Eric... I still have no idea who's going down though. <laughs> I don't think anyone's disagree with you. It changes every week again, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Eric, just to supplement this talk really about Toulouse, um, Duprat, we've mentioned before, is a very good motivational manager, as shown in that final game last season. and He's a great talker, but is he the right man to lead them further up the table? I'm not saying necessarily that he should be replaced, but do you think he's a strong enough character and a strong enough tactician to, to force them up the, uh, further up the field? In the short term or the long term? Uh, let's go short term. Yeah, I mean, for the rest of the season, absolutely. I think he, he certainly deserves a chance based on what he achieved in the, say, the first dozen, 15 weeks of this season uh, and for what he did last season. I think that he's – there have been some mitigating factors in terms of injuries there. I mean, he, Trejo was out for a, a long period of time. Uh, and how was it? Bland or Body J? One of them had a heel injury that kept them out for six weeks or something like that. He's not had necessarily a full squad uh, to deal with on a week-to-week basis, and I think that uh, – I think that he deserves to see if he can get this team closer to Europe. If they finish top six or top seven, I think keep him on uh, and and go from there. And, you know, I don't think they're under necessarily any, under 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 any pressure to sell any of these players with any sort of immediacy. I think he definitely deserves another roll of the dice in terms of trying to get European football uh, next season. Yeah, and that's it's it's obviously a great plus to have those sort of luxuries, really. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. My thanks to Lana, Eric and Philip. Uh, join us for the preview show hosted by Eric on Thursday and we will see you here at the same time, same place next week. I'll be Anto and goodbye.